Welcome everybody to another episode of the Next Gen Leadership Podcast with your host, Chase Merrill and Wes Wimberly. Let's go. Big Wes and Riley Silva. Back. Oh, they snuck in right there. And Riley Cole Silva. Uh, Just, yeah, there we go. We're going, we're going. You got to get to see it if you're watching this thing, but if you're just listening. Today, we got a, we got a special guest. We got a special guest. Yes. Uh, on the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. This guy is Riley Cole Silva. Uh, Riley's a young adult pastor in Rockland, California. Uh, he's a powerful preacher. He's uh, a next generation leader. I mean, in all, you want to condense it all in like the one term. The dude's a world changer um, inside and out. And if you really actually know him, it's not just on the outside. It really is who he is. But probably the most important uh, detail about who he is is like, Stu's been my best friend since I was 13. Uh, back in the day so we go back yeah, yeah, we go back there's some uh, pictures i've seen there's them. Some, there's don't some. bring those back <laughs> don't bring those back oh, i've just bro. been sitting on the sideline waiting for the invite into the game like i've been watching podcasts after podcasts like dude next week's my week we are we are I'm here honored. now yeah, man. So pumped to have you. Thanks for thanks for jumping in today. Uh, you know, for those that are listening, if you if you've been listening for a while, you know that this podcast is all about uh, next generation leaders. It's a podcast by next generation leaders for next generation leaders. And our whole heart, our whole why is to encourage, equip and empower leaders to more effectively reach the next generation with the gospel. That's the simple version of it. We got lots of conversations with uh, incredible leaders and people. We want to grow. We want to help you grow. And today's conversation, uh, we're going to dive in in just a bit, but it's going to be all around the topic and the, the, the idea of transition, how, how to leave well, how to enter into a new season, how to know when it's time to move on from where you are, how to step into the new place that God might be speaking to you well. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a moment, but before we, we dive in, uh, Rye, will you give us just a little bit of maybe an update on where, where you are, you know, in the world, uh, just a little bit of who you are in a nutshell so that people that are, are listening, yeah, um, yeah, obviously they don't have the, the 15, 16, I'm 29 now, we are both 29, oh, yes. good, good Lord, 16 years yeah. of, it's a good uh, year, <laughs> yeah, of experience to know who you are, so just a little bit, give us a little bit of a, a piece of who you are. Okay, so yeah, Riley Silva, born and raised in Rockland, California, suburb outside of Sacramento. Um, I basically was just, I grew up with Chase in the same youth group. We were boys, best friends, we battled for the same girl. Um, (laughs) We always had this like immense love and respect for each other, but this internal competitive nature that like one wanted to be better than the other and it just... He excelled where I was weak. It was it was terrible. He played a vice versa. Guitar. And vice versa. I automatically like I lose because of that. So really, that's all the context you need to know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> acoustic um, acoustic guitar is just like a trump card. It's just you just put it down. I, you, just, you win. Automatic, and then like automatic win. Like oh, I'm gonna learn some songs on key, and it's like oh, and I sing, and it's just annoying. So. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, we're not talking about comparison today, so I'll, I'll jump into transition. So I've been, you know, pastor for, it would be five years this May. Um, I've been on staff at a church called destiny church in Rockland. Awesome church, my home church. Actually, I've been on staff there for eight years. Um, and so, yeah, since I, right when I came back from Bible, Bible college, 
um, which I didn't finish. Um, hey. I went straight to ministry and have been there ever since. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's probably important for us to, to let people know too, that, that, that church you've been on staff at for eight years, um, is the church you, I mean, you probably mentioned it, but you grew up in as well. Like you, yes. it's been, it's been Roots, part of you since my family was there, like from elementary through high school, junior, yeah. all of that. Yeah. That's, that's and that's cool. where we met. I mean, if yeah. we met at a at a a winter like a winter camp at that church is basically yeah. where it all started. So that so a lot history. of history, yeah, a lot of history. Uh, and, and you've been in the the same pastor has been there for the whole time as well. The yes, same lead pastor. Yeah, and, and it's the church is he was the founding pastor, been over I think thirty one years now. Yeah. So wow, it's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh. What, what, give us a relationship status for those, you know, obviously they're going to be listening. They're going to hear, hear it in your voice. You know, yeah. like, man, that guy sounds, attractive. <laughs> but they also, if they're nice. watching, they're going to, they're going to see it. So, I mean, just where, where are you at? So people this is, can, yeah, this is good. Uh, your boy is a hundred percent single. Hey. <laughs> you know, there's two types of single there's closed singleness and there's open singleness. <laughs> and ladies, I'm here to tell you your boy's open. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> hey oh i love it olympia is a good place to be at riley silva at riley silva yeah at riley silva on the on the green lo- i love the unashamed man unashamed just put oh, yourself yeah. out there let's go you know at 29 you, you lose you lose pride at about 26 no. <laughs> at, 29, at that point you're kind of like maybe i will apply for the bachelor you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, man. Oh man. Speaking of that world, you were on a podcast recently with, I don't, you'll have to tell me the name and where it is because I, I want to encourage people to go check it out because if, if you're listening and that's, that's a, that's a topic that like you want to grow in and know more about yeah. and just hear more talked about, will you tell people about that podcast that you had yes. that conversation you had with, so, uh, with your friend? Conversation with another, it was a girl named Riley. It's R I L E Y Riley Sewell S E W E L L on her Instagram um, basically we're just super passionate about, um, living your singleness out of wholeness and realizing and understanding that even as a single person, you are whole within yourself, that there's purpose in your singleness. Um, I, I think of it as like singleness is not a disease that you should uh, uh, try and avoid. It's a season. That's a gift from God. And so we just talk about healthy singleness, what that looks like, even some of our experiences and failures, and so if you want to jump on that, myself and Riley Sewell, S-E-W-E-L-L, uh, we had a conversation. It was super fun. Yeah, it, it was. It was fun. And and it just, you you didn't feel, you wanted more. By the time it was over, you're like, gosh, dang it, I went by fast and I wish that there was more. So we'll put the, in the, in the podcast notes, we'll put the links not only to how people can find you, but how they can find and listen to that podcast or watch that. Because um, it was on Instagram, I think. I don't know if it was an actual podcast, yeah. but. Yeah. So, okay. We want to talk about transition today. Um, this is something that a lot of people in general, but especially young leaders, uh, I've had a lot of conversations with, with them. I've watched them not know how to navigate transition, not even really know how to navigate the stirrings of like, is this my season to be done where I am? Should I begin to think about, pray about stepping into something new? How do I know? How do I have those conversations? I mean, I've had, I can't say how many conversations. I know you guys have been a part of those as well as personally experienced those moments for your own self. And so, um, you know, Riley, you're right in the middle of a big one of those moments in your life, probably the biggest uh, when it comes to the world of transition. Yeah. So 
Um, will you give us just a little bit of an insight there about, about where you are with transition from, from your position and your home church and yeah. what's that, what's that look like, where that's come from in this last season. So we can kind of get this conversation. Yeah. So just keep in mind, as we talked about, like, this is where I was formed. This is, I mean, I, I owe so much um, just honor to the church that I grew up in and was raised in. It's been pretty much my whole life outside of a couple of years while I was in Bible college. Um, so when I started to feel the stirring, I, th- I think we, that's what we call it. Um, <laughs> it was about honestly two years ago where I, we were in a kind of a prayer and a fasting season as a church. And I just sensed it. Like there's no other way around it. You just know in your spirit, like, Oh, God's about to shift something. Hmm. And so once we sense that in the natural, we're like, sweet. So what's happening tomorrow? And, right. and that's where I was. And for literally two years, I was in this season of like, okay, I know I'm going to be faithful to where I'm at right now, but I also know that God has something different. And so my prayer quickly became, Lord, bring the right door. Because everybody that I talked to um, would tell me like, hey, this is how transition works. God stirs the nest, so to speak. And, you know, he, he, he gives you a, a stirring for something new until you find your wings and then you see something else and you go to it or, you know, just all of these different analogies that um, pastors and people use to, um, to represent transition and how, you know, it's right. And so everything that I heard, listened to um, and gathered all had to do with God bringing the door. And then I walked through it. And so that's what my prayer was. Um, God bring the door. I'll walk through it. Um, And that just didn't happen. I had a couple of different opportunities and I just knew they weren't what the Lord had for me. And so for two years, I have been in this transition of, okay, I'm not going to force something. I'm not going to just because of discomfort, push my way out of this. Yeah. I'm also not going to remain in familiarity. And the, the, the one thing that I've always known my whole life, if God has more. And so I was in this tension and it was during quarantine, ironically, that, it's almost like the clouds cleared, like God used this, what I call like divine pause to really deal with me. And, and he, he gave me, um, basically he gifted me faith to step out. And, 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 and what the season that I'm in right now is one of, of faith. And so basically, um, you know, Chase actually in the middle of this transition early, early on, he said, Hey man, I was praying for you. And I felt like the Lord gave me this verse for you. And it was Genesis 12 verse one through three, which is the calling of Abraham. When God called Abraham to leave Ur and go to the land that I will show you. Yeah. And that was the verse that God brought back to my memory that just kept going and ringing in my head, leave your father's house leave what you know, leave what's familiar and go to the land that I will show you. And here's my main take of take, you know, I'm in the midst of that right now. So just for sake, sake of context, <clears throat> I had a conversation with my pastor and he was included on my season and had known where I was at. But I finally, um, a week and a half ago, had the conversation with him that said, Hey, this is the time. Don't know where I'm going, but the Lord released me. And, and so that's where I'm at. I'm in the midst of it. I'm here through May. 
Um, but here's what I think I took away from this idea of transition. It's that transition is not a mathematical equation. Yeah, it, that's good. It's not one plus one equals two. It's, and, and what, what worked for me or what hit me was like when I looked at scripture, it never made sense. It never was. I felt the stirring in them. Someone showed up at my house and offered me a job. It was like <laughs> transition at some point is it's going to be taxing. It's going to yeah. cause you. It's going to be crushing. It's awkward. It's hard. And it's supposed to be. But it's not a mathematical equation. And so I had to get rid of that mindset and understand that when I look at scripture, when I look at Abraham, when I look at any disciple that Jesus called, Hey, um, come follow me. Uh, where are we going? doesn't matter. I didn't call you to follow, follow um, a call. I called you to follow me. Yeah. And the key for me is when you are in relationship with Jesus, he will call you to follow him sometimes where you don't know that you're going. You don't know where you're going. And sometimes that's transition. And that was my nightmare because I've been comfortable and I've been in what's familiar um, but it is a faith walk. Yeah. Um, it's a faith walk and faith that is seen is not faith at all. And so mm, it really takes me to walk into the unknown. And that's where for me, I'm now living in faith, I think for the first time in a long time. And so it's an adventure. It's exciting. Is there, is there a little, you know, a scary feature to it? Absolutely. But more yeah. excitement. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, that really sets the context for everybody that's listening. Um, and so I, what I'd love to do now is I kind of unpack that, you know, kind of yeah, piece by piece yeah. a little bit, because <clears throat> I know, I know there's so much, uh, there's probably a lot of questions about kind of each, each one of those areas. I'm one of the first ones that comes to my mind um, when I think about what you just, what you just kind of laid out was that two year period from where the stirring had started. Yeah. Yeah. And then, to the point of, okay, nope, I know this is actually what I'm going to, I'm actually going to do. I'm actually going to yeah. go have a, a conversation and begin this, uh, this faith step. Um, let's talk about that for a little bit, because I, you know, one of the things I've observed in different people around me is the, the vast difference between people's timelines when it comes to that world, right? Yeah. Like some people, I feel like they feel the transition stirring and then they're like, you'd kind of mention it's kind of like the practical, okay, well, tomorrow, what's the next and, yeah. and yet you, you had a two year period of, of, you know, continuing to uh, walk that out and wrestle with it. And, and then I, I also would say this, cause I know you personally, and I, so I have that side of it. And I also have just from watching from afar, like your ministry did not uh, suffer for those two years. The, the yeah. people you were leading mm. did not, they did not get led any less effectively than, yeah, than, than before the moment God started stirring the transition out of that place or the start yeah. of that. That's important to me because, because uh, you know, I think I also see a lot of people not do that well, where they, yeah. all of a sudden yeah. God begins to stir about moving and moving on or transitioning. And then like, they just completely lose any form of like investment yeah. beyond yeah. the absolute minimum with where they yeah. are because they're thinking about, and bro, I watched you so faithfully for two years, uh, continue to pour your guts out and your heart into the people that God had called you to in that season to, to lead and disciple and point to Jesus. And, um, and I watched, I mean, from, from my seat, some, some really powerful, effective and fruitful ministry come from you and through you uh, and the people around you in your life. And so I, what, yeah. what a testament I think that is to, 
God's faithfulness to the man that, that you are, the leader that you are. Yeah, but, absolutely. but I want to talk about that two-year period. How, yeah. how did you do that? And what would you say to people that are like, how do I know when did God start stirring if it means two weeks or if it means two years? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. I think, I mean, the only thing I can say, you know, I, I knew that I was following Jesus. Like I knew I was following him. There wasn't this expectation. Um, and I felt like that's what God was doing early on is like, is removing my expectation for what this is going to look like. And also killing comparison of what it looked like for the guy, you know, across the yeah, city. That's good. God, we all answer to our relationship with God, to our obedience to God. Yeah. And, and for me, my, finding the purpose that I'm living in now, it started one surrender at a time. Mm. And that's good. it was just such a layered um just for sake of context, my um, senior pastor was my neighbor when I was a kid. His wow. son, my best friend, roommate, live with him now. I'm in his house. And so my situation is not everybody's situation. Right. So this is a layered relational transition. It's not just churches. It's family. It's friends. It's lifelong yeah. friends. And so... um God was so, um, he's aware of all that. Like, obviously he put these things into motion. And I think, um, for me, because it was so multifaceted, he gave me a grace for two years, um, to steward those relationships and to steward the honor that they were due. Yeah. Um, mm. and they still are due. And so as uncomfortable as it was for me, being in between two things. Um, I won, I knew I was following him. And if, if I could abide in him, John 15, he would create the fruit. Mm. And so I, I refused to um, take things into my own hands. I refused to just make it happen and allow discomfort or awkwardness or frustration to take over. Um, and and, and, and so kind of, I just kind of yielded to that process. And I really, Isaiah talks about, you know, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up on wings like eagles. Like that was a verse that I was, God, I'm going to wait on you. Um, and so for me, you know, Matthew seven, God says, ask and you receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. My friend says this, um, Eric Knopf, he says, um, you know, God, Jesus says to not to pray for open doors. He says to knock on closed doors. And sometimes, so there's this balance, like, do I wait on the Lord and, and wait for him to bring the door? Or do I knock on closed doors and say, I'm going to make this happen mm. there. And, and I just go back to the fact that you cannot, you cannot bring an equation into it. God is constantly ripping the box that we're putting him in. And yeah. so it's in that tension that we seek him. It's, do I knock on the door or do I wait for the door? In that tension is where relationship happens. And I think it's Bono who says, um, the most beautiful music is played between the, between the tension of two strings. Yeah. yeah. The most good. beautiful music is played in between the tension of two strings. That's the same for your life. 
That's the same for your transition. Every purpose, every calling, everything God's going to bring you into, it's not going to look like the next guy. It's not going to look like me. There will be tension in transition. Yeah. That's where the beauty comes. And I get to follow him through that. Yeah. And, and then lastly, like as far as, you know, your, your question, you know, because the ministry was doing really well um, during those two years. And I think part of it was I realized um, and God kind of I thought felt him, him speak something to me that said at the beginning, your faithfulness in this season will be your harvest in the next season. Come on. And so that, for me, that's it. That's that's what it was. And it was like, thank you, Lord. Like, that's all I need. As tough as it gets, yeah. as tense as it gets, you're in it. And I'm not just sowing seed into my congregation now, but I'm sowing seed into my own purpose and destiny yeah it's so uh, good yeah i think uh i mean i think i can relate uh, not necessarily um transitioning yet but i mean i've been i've been at my church literally since i was born uh yeah. and i've been there you know I, I grew up in the kids ministry middle school ministry high school ministry i did their internship uh, mm-hmm. i literally have never left yeah um and i think you're so right i mean there's so many layers to that and a lot of it has to deal with relationship. Um, and I think the, the one of the hardest parts about transition is, you know, uh, keeping relationships strong, not burning bridges. I think a lot of people are just so on fire about the next thing that they just ditch, you know. And I think obviously you're a testament to not doing that because your ministry thrived for those two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what would you say, like, how do you, how do you avoid uh burning the bridges of a relationship in the midst of transition with something so close. I mean, cause hopefully wherever someone is at, they're close in a relationship with where they are. They've, yeah. they've really put their roots in. They've really, you know, dug deep into their community. Right. Right. Uh, and it's hard to leave relationship. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, it's awesome that we have the privilege to have that kind of relationship that it's hard to leave. But sometimes yeah. that, I mean, that can, that can burn bridges if we're not careful. Uh, what, what would you say to someone who's, you know, just kind of fearful of losing relationship, fearful of, uh, misstepping and, and potentially hurting, you know, somebody else, uh, what, what would you say? Yeah. How, do, how do you avoid that? How do you keep relationships it's, in that transition? It's so tough. And I think that's one, one thing we just have to, I, I never want to like make my confrontation or my relationship, like, just like yours, but I, it's tough all around relationships yeah. are by nature. I mean, people have expectations in relationship. You know, people had plans. Yeah. Like, maybe eventually you're going to step into this position, and and during all of that, like how how do we guard those relationships? It's such a it's such a good question. I think for me, um, I'm a nine enneagram. If that means anything to you out there, <laughs> it does. Yeah, that's extra hard for me. That's yeah. dude. That's pause for a moment. That's good to know. I was literally thinking about the other day after we had talked and checked in a couple, a couple days ago. And I was like, well, I wonder what Enneagram Riley is. I couldn't put my finger on it. So that's, that's, that's revelation. Not, dude. It's wow. So it's at the top of the Enneagram diagram, which means I can see everybody else, but myself. Most of the time wow. I know everybody else, how they're feeling their expectations, but I don't know what I want. Um, and so the nine is called the peacekeeper. So this is super, this yeah. whole two years was tough on me. Yeah. And it was, it was literally um, crucifying this false self, this shadow side of myself that always needed to please people. 
And mm. so um, it's the idea for me that I realize not everything that's uncomfortable is from the enemy. Mm. And yeah. that's, a, that's a good word. <laughs> and God was literally confronting my people pleasing, my um, all those things that want everybody to get along because Jesus didn't come on. Let's look at him honestly. The dude was, he was stirring up some dust. He was breaking what was familiar. He was pushing people out of the mold of what was. And so those who uh, could see with their eyes couldn't see with their spirit, the Pharisees, what was going on. And so Jesus was constantly battling the status quo and what's just accepted. And God will bring us all to a point in our own life where we're going to have to battle that in ourselves. Whatever your number is, he's going to put a mirror up and say, okay, this is what we're fighting this year. This is what we're battling. And so for me, it was that, Wes. It was my biggest, my worst nightmare as a nine is like, oh gosh, everybody's going to be upset with me. (laughs) My motives, they're going to, all this stuff. Like, you know, I've, I've seen other people leave in a way that maybe wasn't as honoring. And so- yeah, I was scared. So for me, it came down to this. Um, I will, I will honor the leader, the authority above me, but in certain cases, like I have to, there's, there's a difference between surrendering to God, submitting to God and honoring the leader. And sometimes those don't add up because what I'm about to do is going to really confront some things in our relationship and so first of all love confronts it does it has the conversation yeah that time in and time out and i think for me it helped me um it set me free to realize that um their response is not my responsibility Mm, yep i'm called to be obedient to what god is doing in me and it took time for me to get there but how they respond is not my responsibility and then um secondly like my responsibility is my motive god's responsibility is the result yeah Yeah. so my motive going in was always to you know as paul writes if you can at all costs keep peace my that was my motive like David, search me, God, and know my ways. Daily coming before him, say, God, I, I, I want to be right before you. I want to be honoring and live a life with hands open and say yeah. whatever that looks like. And so for me, if that's my posture and my attitude going into some of those um, talks that would bring confrontation, I could surrender to God and say, my responsibility is my motive. Your responsibility will be the result and be okay with that yeah that's good so good really good Wes what I don't know if I can ask a question or what but I'm jumping in yeah go go for it (laughs) you're you're where I was I am but yeah similar situation um do you battle you know growing up in a place that you're so um familiar that you've always been do you battle um familiarity like the battle of like uh a prophet is without honor except in his own town kind of idea have you battled some of that like maybe growing into your own yeah absolutely i think i have an interesting uh interesting 
scenario because you know for the longest time I was I was known as a part of something and that was my family my, my parents were on staff at the church that I'm on staff for you know 20 plus years and so I'm in a, I'm in an interesting place right now where it's been long enough since you know my parents are now missionaries uh, and they've been in Cambodia and other in Romania and so it's been uh, this time now where things are beginning to flip and it's almost like some people that come in the church don't even know who my parents were. And so I think I, I, I'm in this place of like, I think I battled familiarity for a long time, but now it's almost like this tension of my pride of like, well, you know, like I've been here since I was, you know, I was born in the baptismal, you know, kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, pride to now where it's being flipped where like I'm walking in my own anointing and calling that's not defined by my brothers, not defined by my parents. Um, but I think, I think the hard thing with the familiarity thing is a lot of people think the answer is always just to leave. Yeah. Like I've been here my whole life. I've been here too long. People know me. Like it's just too familiar. And I think uh, I just had that struggle because I, 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 I've tried to leave. I've not tried to leave. I just feel like there's been okay, two. Op- can be honest. Be honest. <laughs> there's been like two opportunities. <laughs> there's been two opportunities. I think two big moments. I think one was right after high school where I felt like I just had to leave. Yeah. Like I've been here for too long. It's too familiar. I can't grow in familiar. And, and I think that's I think a lot of people of like, I just have to transition. I have to leave. And I don't always think that's the answer. Cause like, if God yeah. wants me to stay here for the rest of my life, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. But also like, I think there, I mean, there's things that I could grow in and, and, and only could grow in if I leave, but I don't think that's always the answer. And so I think it's really this tension of like, there's a lot of parts where I f- feel familiar where I'm at, but there's also a lot of like stretching parts as I, uh, you know, learn how to walk in my own. Like I'm not just baby Wesley that grew up here that you held in nursery. Like I, I I've got a call of God on my life and I'm going to walk right. in and I'm going to be bold, you know? And so I, it's definitely a tension. I think, I think that's a hundred percent where I'm at. And so, but I, I, I think familiarity doesn't mean you just have to leave. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times it, it is, but you don't have to, you don't have to, you got to be obedient. And you said it, you got to be obedient to what God's called you to, to do and be, and, and if that means staying, if that means leaving, you got, you got to be responsible to that. And yeah. And I might just add, you know, for me, that it's not something like you don't pray about. It doesn't just come, you know, with within yourself of this random, like, I think it's time for me to leave. It's not it's not practical. It's mysterious, meaning yeah. when it begins to stir and come, it's not of your own stirring like god just begins to do it and so yeah there's some people and and you're right because just because you're familiar doesn't mean you have to leave at all yeah so someone like you if it was you know down the road something that you had to leave that wouldn't be like you looking practically at your life and saying i've been here 10 years and because of that it's time for me to move on yeah it's good this internal thing that just god begins to do and so you'll and then you'll enter into that process yeah no that's that's really good yeah i think a lot of people struggle with that tension i'd love to i'd love to hear your guys thoughts on this um maybe just briefly for a second about like you know you talked about familiarity isn't always a reason for people to leave um but but i also know people wrestle with like frustration and where they are is like, this is frustrating. I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not getting through. I'm being overseen. I'm overlooked. I'm, yeah. you know, whatever. And there's just that, that reality of that where you are is hard 
it's difficult. And maybe they're, you know, so, so I, I think people, I think I've wrestled at times, like how much of this is like, I, I don't, I don't like this right now. I, I don't maybe like a decision my leader has made or my coworkers or whatever. And how do you differentiate between a refining process of, mm. of God doing something in you, in your character, in your heart to look more like him, to, you know, ju- to just use that difficult situation to grow who you are as a leader, to overcome, to, to be creative, to, you know, to be innovative, all of those things versus like some of those practical things that begin to lean towards the stirring of your heart. You know, like, I think that's difficult for people. Cause I also like Wes, you mentioned, you've seen people that, you know, they, they feel like I got to leave because I'm just too familiar and I can't grow in familiarity. Yeah. So they just exit. I also see people be like, I got to leave because I'm too frustrated. I got to, I, I can't yeah. do this anymore here. I got to go somewhere else where I'm yep. able to actually be who God's called me to be or actually yep. do what God's called me to do. I can't see how many times yep. I've had that conversation with somebody like, I just can't do what God's called me to do here. And, and I've wrestled with that. And I think a lot of young leaders, they, they don't know, like, how long do I stay in the frustration? How long is healthy? Yeah. to stay there yeah ver- versus good. the stirring so just thought thoughts on that what would you guys say Wes go ahead um man I think when it comes to frustration I think the first thing you you got to do I mean obviously take it to the Lord but I mean you got to differentiate between is this is this uh is this preference or is this is this related to like I can't actually be obedient to what God's called me to do and be Right. Good. You know what I mean? Cause I think, I think a lot of our frustration isn't actually because we can't walk in a calling. It's because we have a preference that we can't die, that we can't let die. Like it's, it's a preference and a, and a, and a, I, I have to do it in this way, you know, or like, like it's, it's more preference than it is like, I'm, I can't be obedient here. Like, I think, I think that may be a line where we have to realize like, you know, I think it comes to a point where like, okay, now I'm literally, uh, if I'm to stay here, I'm, I'm being disobedient. That's, that's the line where it's like, okay, I got to really go before the Lord and figure out like where, what's next for me. Yeah. But I think a yeah. lot of times, I think a lot of times it's just preference and you gotta, you gotta let that die before the Lord and die yeah. on that hill and, and, and honor where honor is due, you know, all those different things, but is it preference or is it actually God calling you to do something? Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think between those two things, Chase, that you mentioned, at first you don't know, which is why you can't rush. So yeah, that's yeah. Good. when you're in the- But a lot of, pe- but a lot of people do. Yeah, they do. People just, they just make the decision. I'm out because and, you know, they just felt that immediate. And, and I think, I think um, I, Proverbs 19, it talks about um, sinful is the man who is quick with his feet. Like- mm-hmm being quick with your feet who who are people who are hasty with their feet it says like that person will walk in sin because they're they're jumping to things and they never like sit to discern okay is this about them or is this about me right Mm. and so i think you have to stop and just like give yourself a date like i'm gonna pray for a week two weeks and, yeah. and to kind of sense what God's doing in this and be okay with that in between for a while. And I think because you asked about frustration, Chase, is this mean, is this frustration mean something I need, I need to fix while wow, someone's calling? Um, good. Am I back? Okay. Um, is it something I need to fix or is it something um, that's causing me to leave? And I would just say this, that a lot of times in scripture, 
God gives us vision that first looks like frustration. Yeah. Mm. Nehemiah building a wall. There was a problem. He was yeah. frustrated. So yeah. he rebuilt the wall. It was the vision was the frustration. Mm. And so being okay with the fact that that's just going to happen. I mean, Jesus came because there was a problem. There was a, a sin issue. All vision begins as frustration. And so it's like, don't make that thing your enemy. Now that's really good. you discern, is this vision, this, the frustration that's leading to vision, is this about me or is it about what I can bring to the organization or to the church? And so that's what the next prayer is for me was like, okay, God, if I'm frustrated about this, is this meaning I need to have a conversation? Because I believe that discernment, if you discern a problem, discernment that doesn't lead to prayer is judgment. Yep. 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 So good. Yep. That it, it's just what it is. And so if I discern something, it's like, man, there's a problem. I ought to love you long enough to point out maybe this issue and yeah. do it in an honorable way. It just comes down to is this vision slash frustration for me, or is it a so or am I to be a solution for it? And that's where we go. That's really yeah. good. That's really good. Um, well, I got one more kind of question for us to hit, and then we'll wrap this thing up with a, a concluding comment from each of you guys. You could be thinking about that in a second. But uh, the other piece of this, so there's the, the actual stirring, there's the pre, there's the pre-transition, mm-hmm. there's the moment where you actually decide, maybe have some of those tough conversations and, and walk out the transition. And then there's the, where are you going? The transition to piece. Um, and I kind of want to talk about that idea. You know, you mentioned Genesis 12. That, that word that Abraham called of the, I will show you. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm curious as to just, you know, for you, obviously, Riley, you're in the middle of it. You know, you don't necessarily have a thing you're going to right now in regards yeah. to another space position, job, whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's an important piece for us to, to talk about for a second, because there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, are, are waiting for certainty. They're waiting for that that actual place before they feel good about yeah. making the decision um, yeah. or, or they're, you know, they're, they'll, they, I just see, I see that all the time. And, and so what would you say, how, how do you navigate, how have you navigated that? And how would you encourage other people to navigate that, that, that sometimes God is transitioning you or there's transitions that's happening and you may not always have a specific place you're going. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's speak to that for a second. Cause I, I know that that's, that's something that a lot of people like are going like, do I, do I need to have another job lined up? Do I need to have all my eggs in the basket before I have this conversation? Because yeah, it, it feels like that's the way the world should work or has worked. Yeah. What would you say to that? Yeah. And that is the way that people say it should go. Eggs yeah. are lined in the basket and all that. I think there's a theologian who says God will often confuse the mind to reveal the heart. And this is that season for me because worldly wisdom, which sometimes is helpful, um, is not happening right now for me because it's not the, the wisdom of man to leave a job, a paycheck for something that you have no yeah. idea what's next. Um, yet at the same time, again, God's not going to, he's not in that box. And so he'll, he'll rip that puppy up and yeah. And for me, um, how I'm, I, I'll tell you, I guess, how I feel right now as I'm stepping out and I've 
a lot of is about to change. I don't know what's next at all. So it's this, I, this, this, this season where I don't know yet. I know meaning I don't know what, what's next. I don't know where provision's going to come from, but I know God is with me. I know that he's given me a peace and had gone before me. And so um, for me, this is less about what's going on around me and what God's going to do through me in ministry. And right now it's a season more so about what he's doing in me and what he's doing in me is giving me an opportunity to allow the, this is where the rubber of the road meets my faith. Yeah. The the rubber of my faith meets the road where it's like, this is the time. And, um, is your faith, are you going to step out of your comfort zone and into faith? Or are you going to remain? And so for me, that's what it was. And it's about this internal work. And so it's that I, I don't know, but I know, and I'm okay with not knowing because I know who. And so as I'm in that, I'm just, I'm trying to navigate that. And I think a big piece has, has been me realizing that, that it is an internal work. And so many times we make transition about the external, right? We make transition about the church, what kind of church, this, the position, what kind of position. And yeah. we, we think about those things, but I think most of the time what God is tra- doing in transition is transitioning some things within you. Yeah. And so as I yield to that, and as I understand that that's what he's doing, then it makes sense why it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I know that it's an internal work. I begin to understand that like, oh, God's doing, killing even more of my people pleasing because it, it looks good. It's sexy to say, hey, I got this other job offer. I'm going here to this church. They want me, you know, that yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when I'm going to sit before the congregation and tell them, I don't know, I'm just, I'm following the Lord. Um, that puts a demand on the presence of God. It puts a demand on me to live that and walk that out. And that's an uncomfortable place to be, but that is what it is. And so it's, I don't know, but I know, and I'm in that. And, and I'm so excited to see how God is faithful because now it's a testimony to everybody else that your eggs might not all be lined up in a row. And you might not see it, but God is there and he's going to provide. And so, so to me, I'm like, I believe this is going to be a testimony to the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Amen. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I see it. I, I see it. And it's something, you know, it's something Riley that um, this isn't like a, a new thing that all of a sudden is coming out of you. I mean, you, you've been a close friend of yours for a long time. I've seen, the journey that you've taken with the Lord and been walking with him. And so this is, it's a, it's a maturation process and a refining process. That's, that's bringing the Lord a lot of glory right now. And although people may not always understand and people may not always even be on board uh, at the end of the day, biblically, we have a lot of, a lot of grounds, a lot of examples of, of something that's very right. That's very of God that brings God a lot of glory and brings people a lot of growth that, that not everybody else understands or is on board with. And so I, I just want to, I want to encourage you, bro. I'm, I'm challenged by your faith step. I've been challenged by the way you've walked out this journey at faithfully 
and honorably, I mean, in conversations with you over yeah. the years and praying for you, uh, there's always been that flavor of honor. There's always been that flavor. Uh, it hasn't just been lip service. It's been it's been a heart thing. And I think that's huge, mm. man. I, for people listening, I can't tell you enough how important that world is for your heart to genuinely be in a posture of honoring the people around yeah. you. That the tale of three kings, the 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 staff members that you know you don't always agree with, the the coworkers yeah. that you wish would pick up the slack a little bit more. Yeah. All of yeah. that. Who who you're around, you you continued to to hold that heart uh, a posture of honor. And I think that's paved the way for you, bro, as God's gone before you uh, throughout this process. And um, and so it's super challenging to me. I'm encouraged by it. And I know I know people that will listen to this uh, will be challenged and encouraged by it too. So thanks Thank for you. being, yeah. Yeah, and thanks. I mean, Chase walked with me through all of it. Like, and that's what I, one, one thing I would add, you need a Chase. You need somebody in your life that, you know, you, Proverbs again talks all about this. Who's your counsel? Who's yep. with you? whose voice? We declare war what through counseling, through counselors. And yep. um, don't enter this war on your own. And Chase was somebody um, that I could just bounce things off of and just say, hey, here's where I'm at. And he prayed with me. And he never, even though he felt like, hey, this is what I'm sensing, he trusted the work of the Lord in me to get yeah. there. So thank you. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, bro. Uh, concluding thoughts from you guys before we wrap this thing up. I said enough. Wes, anything you'd, <laughs> say that, anything you'd say or anything that stood out from what Riley said or anything you would say that hasn't been said to encourage people listening? Yeah, I think I think this is what I'd say. I'm trying to condense it into like one sentence. Um, don't let the, uh, my closing thought, because I think this is so relevant and so frequent, but don't let the attraction of like new opportunity keep your, you know, take your eyes off of following Jesus. Yeah. Because, because the attraction of new opportunity won't sustain you, but Jesus will. That and so right. don't follow new opportunities just because they look sexy, like follow Jesus. Cause he'll sustain you through difficulty and the sexy, like, That's so right. follow That's Jesus. It. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So good. Well, again, right, right. Thanks for jumping in today and being thanks vulnerable. For me, fellas. This is awesome. Sharing your story. If people, uh, you know, I mean, and, and we're pumped as, you know, friends of yours and just to continue to watch what God does in your life and through your life, yeah. wherever, whatever the next season looks like. Yeah. Um, for people that want to follow you, how can they find you? How can they follow you and continue to see what God's doing in, in, the, in the virtual space? Yeah, find me on Instagram. It's at Riley Silva. It's spelt weird. R-Y-L-I-E. R-Y-L-I-E-S-I-L-V-A. Um, and if you guys have questions or whatever, want to talk about your journey that you're on right now, would love to connect with you um, and walk with you and kind of give you some of my experience. So let me know. Awesome. Boom. Boom. All right. Well, thanks for listening uh, to the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. We hope that you, uh, you leave this conversation today uh, empowered, encouraged, and equipped to continue to reach the next generation with the gospel, to grow in your relationship with Jesus and as a leader. Yeah. We're praying for you. We love you. We'll see you next love time. Love you. Peace.